Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Simi Pro. I am your host, Dalton Barrett, aka Barrett Digital. And I am Josh Clements, or Brit Edit, and we are here with our good friend, Justin. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Justin, uh, or Comic Book Cats on Instagram. Um, and today we'll be discussing uh, the Star Wars prequels and maybe how to, how to make some improvements in them. No matter your opinion on the Star Wars prequels, I think we can all agree that that's the best piece of music that John Williams has ever, ever crafted. It's up there. I mean, he's a pretty talented, talented fellow. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff. Maybe for Star Wars, the best the best he's crafted. Okay, uh, yeah. Okay, I can see that. I guess it depends on your criteria. Yeah, yeah. Or just like what you're, what you're into. Because he's, he's had a very diverse... Um, like series of things he's scored like he's not specifically one genre so I guess it just kind of depends what you're into right and that one's definitely not the most iconic but he's still going though that's, that's pretty much yeah he's not dead yet I mean he's close <laughs> but not yet um <laughs> sorry okay so <laughs> this, this discussion is, a- is so lighthearted. <laughs> just as you always tune in for this is perfect. In other news, John Williams and Steven Spielberg aren't dead yet. <laughs> John Williams and Steven Spielberg were just in a plane crash. Oh no! <laughs> anyway, we're uh, this is a Harrison new series. Ford was piloting. <laughs> he landed it on top of another plane. This is a new series we're we're going to be trying out. <laughs> it's called uh, what? What were we saying? Oh, Justin fixes movies. And this first edition is Justin Fixes the Prequels, which this one's going to be a little different than the rest of them might be. And this will be just every so often, we'll just tell Justin, hey, we want you to come on and fix so-and-so. And then he'll give his ideas on how to fix them. He's a smart man, which begs the question, why is he on a podcast with you two? But he is. He's a smart man. And so he's going to help us uh, go through the prequels today and it'll we'll just see how long it takes it may take two episodes we'll just figure that out as we go along but i know a lot of people like the prequels now as opposed to like 10 years ago when everybody hated them um i because a lot of people grew up with them i'm not one of those people i grew up at the period they were out but i didn't watch the prequels till i was like 13 so i was able to like see all of the issues with them but a lot of people can't and a lot of people kind of take them as really good movies and and if that's if that's what you think we're not here to tell you that you can't like the prequels we're just going to try to uh straighten them up and iron them out and 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 make better films out of them so without further ado justin uh introduce the 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 thing that you're doing i don't know how to word this yet we'll figure it out we'll get better as we go along yeah, so uh, basically um, what I did was I broke down like three, I you know, did a little reading on the prequels, watched a bunch of the clips again. I've obviously seen them a few times. Um, and what I did was identified like three core areas I thought we could kind of discuss or, or that I thought were in big improvement. And those areas uh, were casting um, just overall. And I think that's been a pretty hot topic discussed among people who are both fans and not fans of the prequels. Uh, a lack of primary antagonists. So one thing that I kind of realized as I was doing a little reading and going through stuff is unlike even this current trilogy that's happening now and the original trilogy, there's, re- there's really no 
core antagonists. Like there was um there was Maul, there's Grievous, there's Tyrannus or Dooku, um, there's the Senate, there's like Jar Jar, arguably, depending on where you fall in uh in that camp, the dark Jar Jar theory. Um, there was Sidious, and then there was also Palpatine, but none of those were like consistent forces through all three of the movies, whereas you could argue Vader in the original trilogy and, and to a similar extent Kylo Ren in this trilogy are the kind of core antagonists that you follow. Um, and then the last area was kind of just like the timeline and story setting. There was a weird time hop between Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, and then there's even another time hop between uh, Clone Wars and um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and that kind of has lent itself to some weird story beats where we're supposed to assume a lot of stuff about the characters um, that, you know, it's just kind of implied. I know the biggest, to that point, like the biggest thing that I've heard is, is there's this scene at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith where they kind of like imply this like brotherhood between Obi-Wan and, uh, and Anakin. And I, I remember reading a lot of the comments and even now some of the comments on those YouTube videos is like, boy, I, I wish I saw that friendship because we've never seen it on screen before. Right. Um, and, so yeah, those are the three big, the three big points. And we are taking out um, Clone Wars for this. We know it is canon, uh, but it's not in this film trilogy. So you've got we're, we're taking movies solely into consideration here. Is that correct? Am I right in that assumption? Yeah. No. That's a that's a great point to kind of clarify. Yeah, for sure. Just the live action films. Right, because you do see some of that brotherhood in the Clone Wars show, but that didn't come out until after the movies had already wrapped up so it doesn't it helps in retrospect but it doesn't help like in terms of actually how these movies were so that's kind of kind of what we're talking about here now your first point was was casting and so i guess that's what we'll get into first and i i i don't know i like a lot of the cast from this movie even um uh, hayden christensen i think is a really a, a pretty solid actor um i so I, I'm curious to see where I think I think the problem falls more in the direction camp than it does the acting camp. But I, I'm curious to see your points on this because you do put a lot of emphasis on on fan cast and those kind of things, and you usually do your research. So I'm interested to see where you go with this. Well, so like my big thing is, and I've I've seen Hayden Christensen in a couple of things, namely like Jumper since since uh, those movies came out, and I, I rewatched um, Revenge of the Sith actually last week. And I like him, but it's very weird where I don't really feel a strong connection between him and Mark Hamill's Luke, e visually or just like emotionally, etc. Um, and and this is definitely more of a hindsight thing, and also based off of just like the community that I happen to fall into on Instagram. But like I kind of wrote down in my notes like Sebastian Stan question mark, um, and he's actually only a year younger than Hayden Christensen. So in terms of like viability at the time. Um, it's not like he's 20 now and like just would have been, I don't know, three at the time those movies came, you know, started production. Um, but, and I have a couple of other castings outlined as well, but as far as like just swapping out the protagonist, um, I definitely think there's room for improvement with, with Christensen. Um, even though I do like him in other stuff, I just never felt that connection between him and Hamill um in the original trilogy I, I could even I could see that because like he's he's about the age now that uh he's probably a little older than Hamill was during uh while while probably while they were filming the original trilogy and and yeah they don't look like a father and son 
set. That, that's my biggest issue with the prequels in general, is they just feel so disconnected from the original trilogy. And, and yeah. I see what you're saying there. They don't feel like that they're from the same family. Now, I could you, you could make the point with Natalie Port- Portman kind of looks a little bit like... Uh, I could see a family connection between her and, and Carrie Fisher, maybe. That one I could see to an extent. Do, are you gonna? Are you planning on recasting her as well? Uh, so I don't have as big of a problem with her. Um, I did. I did just scribble down. I figured if I was gonna recast uh, uh, Anakin, might as well just have a backup in the pocket for for um, Padme as well. Um, and again, talented actresses, similar age, uh, would probably be like Anne Hathaway was the one I written down. But I also don't have a massive problem with Natalie Portman in, in these movies, at least. Um, We'll see how the Thor love and thunder goes, but uh, right. But but knees, I, I don't mind her. I feel like Padme has a very like backseat role, even though like she's supposed to be this powerful, not not powerful, but you know what I mean, like a a, a person of power. Her power is like very backseat to the movies until really the third one. Um, and so I don't really think she needs to like flex any acting chops um, until like the last forty minutes of Revenge of the Sith. Right, and uh, she's a talented really mind actress to, to handle that. Um, okay, so question about Sebastian Stan, and I am going to question you on some of your stuff that you say. Was he was he acting at that point? Because I, I don't I, I don't know that I've seen him in anything from that time period. So we're looking like 2003, 2004. Was he active in acting back I then? Think, I, I think I wonder if he was acting quite young, but I have absolutely nothing to back that up with. Yeah, so he um, was doing yeah, he, he was acting like two thousand ish. He was more of a like TV character um, actor. He was on a, like Law and Order, uh, a couple of episodes of like The Architect or something like that. It was kind of the late two thousands that he started getting picked up into movies. With uh, I think Hot Top Time Machine was kind of a big breakout for him. But um, yeah, no, he he was active in sort of the early two thousands. Okay, so that was for my sure. question. Uh, so what about supporting cast? Do you have anything going into that? Um, I mean, so like the only, I mean, I only kind of looked at the characters that I had problems with personally slash the fandom had problems with. Um, and the, the only other huge one that came up, and I honestly, and maybe you guys can shed some light on this, don't really know um, why as much people don't like this casting. But um, Django. I know people did not like the actor that they had chosen for Django Fett. Uh, um, I don't mind the actor. I, I do mind the concept. And I don't know if you touch on this when, when we get to that point in terms of story. Um, my thing with the prequels is, or one of my things with the prequels, I guess, my biggest issue with them overall, other than them not connecting to the original trilogy, is it's a really good overarching story with really weak details. It's like the opposite of the sequel trilogy. I think the sequel trilogy has a really sloppy overarching story, but when it comes to like individual details in the movies, they've done a pretty good job. That's kind of my stance on the two trilogies. My thing with the uh, the Boba Fett has nothing to do with the cast as much as the fact that they made Boba Fett a clone instead of him just being his own guy. He's just a clone of Jango Fett. That's where my issue came, and I don't know, maybe those two got confused in your brain from way back when this was actually being talked about. Uh, that's where I know a lot of people drew some issue was they made they made Boba Fett just a clone of his dad instead of him like actually being his son and all that kind of stuff. He was 
he's just another clone in this whole. It, it, it takes the the specialness of Boba Fett uh, out of the story entirely. That's a that's a fair point. I think I think that's part of what I was coming across as well. Um, but I also like so uh, Django's. I think it was or no no it was Boba's voice. Boba's voice was retroactively changed to the voice of the actor of Django Fett. Um, right. That was one of the special the, edition changes. Yeah, in the special edition changes. Um, and I think that is kind of what lent itself to... Maybe, maybe it's more so the um, that people dislike the changes made to Boba Fett than, than Django Fett. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just like I took into consideration like if it was an actor, who would we who could we swap him out for? Um, but it sounds like it wasn't really that... Yeah, it's more of a concept of than, than than it is on the acting. So your main uh, your main point with the acting was um, Hayden Christensen doesn't really show any connection to to Luke Skywalker or or even uh, Leia from the original trilogy. So casting somebody who resembled them more, uh, or maybe in, in mannerisms or or something along those lines, kind of resembled them just to show that family dynamic a little better. So yeah, I think it's a up. cheap, almost like to your point. Um, you had said like you don't really feel a connection between those two series, like those two outside of like literal character names. You don't really feel a connection um, between those two uh, trilogies. And I think that's a very cheap way to add like a connection is to literally use someone who is supposed to like who looks like someone who's they're supposed to be related to. Um, so yeah, I think my biggest my biggest gripe with with Christensen outside of outside of I feel like a lot of his. A lot of his like peaks in acting, like when he has to get real angry or real sad, are not they don't exist. Um, he just outside of the end of Revenge of the Sith is kind of kind of one note, and it might be a byproduct of him trying to play this like Jedi character um, who's you know forever or always uh, consistent in terms of emotion. Like maybe that's an acting technique that he's using, uh, but I never really felt any like power behind his performance, and I definitely think, especially, I mean especially as of late. Sebastian Stan has just been absolutely crushing everything he's been in. Um, well, that was another, and so, this isn't one of our talking points, but another one of my, uh, one of my gripes is like the emotionlessness of the Jedi yeah. in, in those yeah. movies. Doesn't really like the whole Jedi code and they're not like the forbidden love and all of that kind of stuff that they just threw in was never implied in the original trilogy and doesn't really make sense. Like in context, like if that was the case, why wouldn't Luke have been taught that, and why, uh, you know, why wouldn't that have been at least implied at some point? In the I don't know. That's always kind of bugged me. Just like the flat, emotionless, like they're they're bigger than people, like all that kind of stuff has always kind of bugged me about the uh, uh, the prequel trilogy. Um, and I know that's not one of our talking points, but I think that goes back to that overarching story being solid, but the. Uh, the execution and the fine details and stuff were sloppy. Um, Cause I think Lucas, George Lucas is an idea man as opposed to a, uh, a detail guy. I think he needs somebody else to handle the details for him and he can just come up with the ideas. That's at least kind of what I've seen. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And it's interesting. I know we said like the Clone Wars TV show is off limits, but they tap or they maintain that same level of um, like continuity with the prequels, like that whole like, Jedi are emotionless. Jedi are whatever. Like they keep that consistent, but at the same time, the animated performances are much more compelling because, like, in moments of high stress, 
the characters are high stress and in moments of anger they they get angry they acknowledge that like prequel um concept like the, the concept from the prequels but at the same time they portray it in a realistic way whereas if you like the in the live action and the the actors were very much so just like one note um almost by design yeah no i i agree with that i think the the clone wars does a much better job at everything and that's why we're taking it off the table for this discussion is because it does such a better job at doing the things that the prequels tried to do that it's almost unfair to be able to include it because people group it in with that prequel era star wars so it's almost unfair to include that when it fleshed out a lot of the details that the movies left out so it, it, it makes more sense to remove it from the discussion than it does to leave it in because it almost kind of it makes it hard to pick apart some of the issues when they've been addressed in something like that. But what, like we said earlier, that didn't come out until after the movies did. So it's not like that was there and then the movies built around that. It's it's like retrofitted. Like it's the other way around. They were able to fix the mistakes that the, the, the movies made. Yeah, no, abs- ab- absolutely. And um, it's, uh, it's critically still coming out. Right. It's not over yet. I, for, I forgot all about that. It's still coming out. That's true. Good point, Josh. Way to, way to get in on the conversation. <laughs> and that's it. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your second point again? I forgot it already. Uh, lack of primary antagonist, which, like, as you kind of go through the, the checklist of, of bad guys in the prequels, there's it seems like they start to build up I mean, there's Maul, there's Grievous, there's uh, Dooku, and then again, like I said, there's the Senate, there's Sidious, there's, again, the Jar Jar thing. Like, there's a lot of them, and it's very hard to relate slash get invested in, and I think this ties, excuse me, kind of ties into what you were saying about, uh, like, this, like, they, they struggle, I would actually almost adopt the opposite of what you were saying, Dalton, about, um, I think the overarching uh, narrative is bad in the prequels. They they fail to tell the story that they wanted to, and I think on a very specific basis, the movies are a little bit more tight-knit than the overarching story, and a byproduct of that is the fact that each movie has its own primary antagonist as opposed to one that's woven throughout the narrative, um, like the like the current trilogy and the original. Okay, I could, I could see that. I just think I think on the villain department, I agree with you uh, that the overarching story is in the villain department is sloppy. Uh, but yeah. I think I think the idea of political powers leading to the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire, and while that's going on, it's mirrored by uh, a Jedi's fall uh, and becoming a Sith Lord that will then help the Emperor. Uh, inflict his political power like I think that's a really neat overarching story that they had but I think when it when they came to the details like okay well who's the villain that, that's going to overarch the whole trilogy and who like what are the Jedi like what do they what do they do how do they operate all of that kind of stuff I think that's when the story starts to break down and get sloppy as opposed to the sequel trilogy which I think the over like the idea of bringing the Empire back was the stupidest idea like that they could have possibly done to make a sequel trilogy like the empire's just back like everything that happened in the original trilogy doesn't matter because the empire's still there like i think that was a really stupid decision um as opposed to 
like when you get into the nitty gritty of those movies, I think they're fairly well written and well acted and well executed. So that's that that was kind of my point with them being opposites. No, yeah, when you like when I mean, we break it down like that, I definitely agree. I, I'd say that like okay, so that's it. We've got so many villains, and you know, there's usually a villain per movie in some cases, two, uh, two, even three. I think what they needed to do was it's something that they partially did, where they had the emperor appear in like a hologram form for episode one and two, but he was only in maybe one scene, if I'm remembering correctly. But they never really. It was basically just a hologram appeared, told a few people to do some stuff, and then disappeared for the rest of the series until the third one, where they're like, oh. He's actually been a big bad guy all along, and you could never have guessed, except no one cared about that character by that point. Well, the only reason anyone cared about the Emperor was because of episodes five and six, because you knew what he turned out to See, be. I, I think it's what they should like, have done. I, I know, Don, you think episode three is as on par with one and two in terms of its quality. Oh, it's I better. It's a little bit higher because it does actually build up. I, I think it builds up um, the Senate a bit better than the other series. It's a kind of slow burn until about halfway through, and then at that halfway point, it just sort of snaps back into this is what this character is back from the original trilogy. I no, I I think it's better, but I don't think it's as good. I I still wouldn't put it as good, but I do think it's definitely better than the the other two. What what I would do in the villain department, and this may be your point, Justin, I don't know, I may be stealing it, but I'll let you elaborate on it if it is, or if not, I'll let you give what your point was. I think Darth Maul should have been the villain throughout the three movies. He should have taken on the Darth Vader role, but instead they killed him off at the end of the first one, because he's a really cool villain. He looks cool, he's got the cool double-bladed lightsaber that nobody had seen at that point, and he's He's just a really neat character, and I, he, from my perspective, should have been the villain for the whole trilogy, but instead they killed him off in his first movie. And like I said, that may be your point, so if it is, I'll let you elaborate, and if it's not, I'll let you give your point. So, my um, kind of rationale was actually, so this kind of ties into the third like large point I made about like story and timeline, um, but my thought was actually... Uh, Grievous should have been the the through line, like through line villain. Um, I kind of I, I agree. Like Maul's kind of awesome in his own right, um, but I don't love the in my mind at least. Ideally, all three movies would have been uh, in terms of timeline have taken place significantly closer to Episode Two. There wouldn't have been a massive time leap between one and two, and two and three. Um, and so I think Grievous would have been a really interesting villain, especially if uh, kind of Phantom of the Menace was was his origin almost. Like we got to see that play out in the background. Um, and then by episode two, we kind of had, we would have seen him uh, come to fruition as we know him, see him at his most powerful. Um, and then maybe the conclusion of episode two would have been, I think it's his lungs that get crushed. Um, and that's why he has that like rasp almost when we first meet him in the actual movies. Um, and then episode three would have been this weakened Grievous and then also the reveal of the Emperor. So he's not, he's kind of backed by a larger power. Um, but that would have been kind of the, the very loosely tied together narrative that I would have told as far as villains go. So kind of origin, peak power, and then weakened but backed by uh, a greater force. Okay, I could see that. 
Only reason I said mall, and, and I agree with you that the movie should have, I think they should have started uh, with Attack of the Clones and then built from there. So you start, you don't need to see how Anakin Skywalker got brought into the whole Jedi thing. Just have that be the case. Like, I don't think it matters. Like, we don't know how Obi-Wan got brought into the, the, the training to be a Jedi. Like, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think, I think Phantom Menace is like a completely unnecessary movie. Like, you can literally start it off with Attack of the Clones and you're fine and you know the story to follow. The only one reason I would kind of give to the Maul argument is he is a Sith and, and Grievous is not. Grievous is not, uh, he doesn't, he's not a, not that the villain has to be um, a force user, but Grievous is not. So th- that would be my reason for uh, opting to go with Maul as opposed to Grievous, uh, just because then you have a Sith as your villain instead of uh, just kind of an army general. No, I think that's fair. I actually, I, uh, my, I think my rationale was the opposite. Because, uh, well, I, I'm going to have to go to Justin on this one, I think, because not like I don't think like the Sith would have been done to death because you only would have had one trilogy by this point. But I think if you wrote him well enough, then having this guy who is nothing more than basically an average soldier be like a very uh, imposing threat who's able to even kill Jedi and like just takes their lightsabers as trophies and uses it against their friends. I'd say that's in a few ways a bit more threatening than just having it be the Jedi but bad. I, I guess I could see yeah. that. I, I just think with one of the arguments against the prequels being there's too much political stuff in it, having an army general be your main villain kind of just falls into that same trap. Not, not that it couldn't have been done well. And not that I, I think it would be bad. I, I, I very, I see your point with Grievous being uh, non. He's he's a non-force wielder, and yet he's still a threat. I, I see that. I, I, I like it. I'm going to concede. Yeah, I think I think I mean like I know you just conceded, but I think one of the the interesting things there is it also allows for a lot of um, like universe expanding potential down the line, where the audience starts to realize like, oh, it's not just jedi versus sith like there are other people who can be formidable foes for either side um and also if they adapted uh grievous's um origin from legends i'm not i haven't brushed up on it in a while but i believe it was actually dooku or a sith lord who uh who put him in the state he's in um and that would have been a very nice mirror to uh darth vader's eventual arc of the the trilogy because i'm pretty sure so so grievous was just like a alien right he was some alien race and then i think he was bombed or he fought against a sith lord and i think it was dooku and then dooku took him and then just gave him these like cybernetic implants and trained him to be what we see him as what we meet him as um and i think that having that be the kind of the plot of the first movie or or part of that be the plot of the first movie and then having that mirrored in the third movie, at the end, when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, I think would have been kind of fucking sick to see. Yeah, I could see that. I, uh, okay, yeah, like I said, I concede. I do, I do think at least we can agree that there should have been an overarching villain. If you plan, if you plan to make a trilogy of movies, now if you make one movie and then 
uh, it's good and people like it, so then you make another movie and another one and it turns into a trilogy, then it makes sense to have one-off villains in each of those movies because you're not sure if you're making any more. But if you plan to make a trilogy, I think having an overarching villain is really compelling um, because it just makes the payoff of when the good guys defeat the bad guys at the end that much more, not that the good guys defeat the bad guys at the end of the prequel trilogy, but you get my point. You get to... The villains are much more compelling when you have more time with them. So I I completely agree uh, with that point, and that's a point that I've actually made in the past in other prequel discussions. So I have. So I mean, we're talking about villains. I mean, um, I think that. Well, okay. If you, uh, so, but I know like people have problems with the uh, the sequel trilogy, and I completely get that. But if there's one thing that's done well, it's Kylo Ren. He is. An exceptional standout, and they've really built him up to be a fantastic villain. And uh, we should say that we are recording this uh, before Rise of Skywalker has come out, so I don't think any of us have seen it yet. So we have no clue how that ends, and I might just be in my words here. But I, the, the you know conclusion to his and Ray's overall story arc, I'm excited to see just because you spent so much time with him that you've seen him become from what is essentially a wannabe Darth Vader up to the leader of the new empire for because well, I, I can first order that's his name <laughs> yeah no i i definitely i definitely agree with that uh rationale and that's kind of why i think it, even regardless of who the villain is um if there was a consistent villain throughout the entire trilogy we could have had that same connect or the prequel trilogy we could have had that same emotional connection um and also since i mean so far all the trilogies have kind of been origins of the protagonist, but I think that having the original or the the prequel trilogy be an origin for Anakin, where we eventually see him fall to the dark side in the same way we saw the villain fall to the dark side in the first movie would be a really cool dynamic. Yeah, no, I could see that. Because um, so if we're talking about villains, though. What do we think? Because uh, so we keep talking about overarching, overarching villains. What if Darth Jar Jar was true? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, no, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. Because like if you think about it, that story, had he not been written to be so overly like annoying and crazy, could have been interesting. Like an ally, this nonchalant ally in the first movie, who's kind of annoying, turns out to be maybe in the second film, you know, the the big bad. What if that's how they introduced Palpatine? Like, 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 I'm, I'm serious here. Like, what if, so Palpatine is, has no political power at all uh, during uh, our Phantom Menace. They stumble across him in some kind of trade dispute, and they take him along to find passage off the planet, pa- uh, planet, and then he works his way up in politics and then just becomes the emperor of the entire space. What if that was how they introduced Palpatine in these movies? Like, he took the Jar Jar role. That actually would have been really interesting. Yeah, so he he works his way in. I think you could actually forego the villain. Come again? I was going to say, I think if you did that, you could probably forego... You could probably stick with even having... You could have Maul, Grievous, and then Dooku as like the one-off villains because then the big reveal would be like yeah this guy that you've been walking around with since the first episode he's actually the big bad so you do have that overarching villain story um you just don't realize it i guess until the end especially i think 
I think they probably could have hidden his identity a little bit better, you know? Well, you, you'd have to cast somebody different than Ian McDermott, yeah, which would suck. 100%. Because I love Ian McDermott and I love his 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 emperor and I love he's the he's him and Ewan McGregor are the best parts of those movies. You would have to cast somebody different, which like I said would suck, but you could cast like some young 20-year-old guy or or something and then have McDermott come back um maybe it's something with him using the force and kind of how the way they did it and then he just turns into Ian McDermott at the end of Revenge of the Sith or something there are workarounds for that but you cast somebody else and have that be the plot of those movies like not only is it the origin story of Darth Vader it's also how the Emperor got his political power that could have been a really interesting story yeah also like I'm thinking so I don't know what like when you said recast someone slightly younger you know you guys know Simon Baker from The Mentalist Yes. For some reason, I don't know why he, he just like came to my mind. Yes. The second you said that, but I feel like that'd be kind of cool if it was this like younger, kind of handsome guy that the audience can sympathize with slash, like potentially be infatuated with on some level. Um, and then in the end, it's revealed. I and I I don't know. You know, I know the the extent of what the force can do is always changing. Um, I think the last Jedi is a good example of that, where stuff was kind of introduced and and it's been met with polarizing opinions. But I think that like a third third movie reveal of like yeah he's used the Force to kind of change how people see him almost, and he right. is Ian McDermott the whole time would be really cool. Well, and you could even do like the whole like Josh was saying, um, like you see him in holograms and all that kind of stuff, and it is Ian McDermott, just to throw off that he's. Um, that it's actually been him the whole the whole time, like like as he gains more political power, you start to see the emperor pop up more and more in different places, doing things uh, like swaying people's opinions and 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 the trade federation and all of that kind of stuff. Like you start to see that more and more as you go along, and it's Ian McDermott, and so you think, oh, we're finally going to get to see the emperor, but then it turns out that the emperor has been one of the good guys you've been following the whole time. That could have been a really interesting story. Yeah, and I think it's also so unlike. Like, I'm thinking, like, if you applied it to the original trilogy, like, imagine if Han Solo. Or like, Lando, I'm imagining even. that kind of character. Han, okay, Han, Han, whatever you want. <laughs> as long as this story started solo. Um, right. If it started solo, it's got to end solo. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm saying, like, imagine if they introduced that kind of character, the non-force-wielding, super charming, you, everyone loves him. It's like, oh, this is the prequel to Han Solo. I love this guy. But in the end, he he's actually not i think that'd be really cool and I, i'm glad we kind of stumbled on that that idea for us all right guys we were just having too much fun so we had to cut this episode off at 30 minutes we got another 30 minute episode that's dropping at the same time so cool thing is is if you've got some extra time to listen you can actually go and listen right now to that episode it's already up so check out part two of our semi-pro episode justin fixes the star wars prequels mm-hmm.